We love Christmas lights, don't we? And it's great in your road when you begin to see the lights go up in people's windows. It just feels warm and inviting. It's, it's a wonderful moment. It's great, isn't it, to see kids full of wonder when they see a tree beautifully decorated. That's assuming, of course, you can get all those lights to work. I'm afraid we haven't got our lights up yet. William hasn't gone up into the darkness and the cold of our loft to get that box down. But hopefully it will happen sometime before the 24th. My daughter, however, had her tree up the very first weekend of December. But there's a reason for that, because it's her baby's first Christmas. And she couldn't wait to see his reaction to those shining Christmas lights. You know, the Christmas story has got lots of light in it. The star that shines brightly over Bethlehem. The angels in all their glory lighting up the night sky. What I love to do in this season is to go back to the Bible, to Matthew and Luke and those first few chapters and read again the amazing story of Christmas. The way ordinary people uh, going about their normal life discover Jesus. The way the shepherds come and see that light and then they come and seek him. Ordinary people touched by the extraordinary. I hope you'll go back and read those stories before Christmas. But John's gospel, his account, starts very differently. It doesn't start with a baby. It starts with the beginning of the whole world. It starts with the extraordinary rather than the ordinary of the word with God right at the beginning. And it raises lots of questions about Jesus, about who he is. And we've been looking at the names of Jesus over the last few weeks, Saviour, Emmanuel. And now we're going to look at these names in John's Gospel. And as I read the words, I want you to think about the questions that this passage raises. Who is this man? Where has he come from? What is he doing in our world? And how are people going to respond to him? So let's read John chapter 1, verses 1 to 14. It's a magnificent passage. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, 
To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent or of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. Wow, bold claims, shocking claims actually, that this person, he was there right at the beginning with God. John is defining him as being God, not just something uh, that is spoken about, not just a part of the word, but there, right at the beginning. For the Jewish readers, they would have uh, thought of the word of God as being personified sometimes, but this goes beyond it. He, he is the sum total of what God speaks. He is not just an aspect of God. He's a person, a person who was with God right at the beginning you know, sometimes we talk about the spoken word, don't we? we? We talk about the power that comes from words that are spoken. But here, Jesus is described as the word. He's not an angel. He's not another God. He is God, straightforward, no doubt, a powerful assertion. And all that we're going to read in the rest of the gospel is based on this foundation that Jesus is the eternal word with God right from the beginning. No one created him. In fact, he was responsible for creation. He was the creator. Nothing happened without him. Stop and think about this person John is writing about. The word, the creator. Let faith rise as you consider who he is. Nothing is impossible for him. He can create mountains and oceans, ants and elephants, from the simplest microbe to the most complicated ecosystem. Nothing is impossible to him. No amount of Blue Planet documentaries can define who he is and explain his creative power. And in that context, your prayers, your needs, your healing is well within his capability. He can speak and worlds come into being. And the word still speaks to us today. The creator still changes people today. I don't know if you've ever looked for support or empathy from someone. Maybe you've been going through a tough time and you sit down with someone and you try and share what you're experiencing, what you're feeling, but you look in their eyes and you know they don't get it. They don't understand what makes you, you. They can't understand how you've maybe got into this mess or the dilemmas you're facing. But Jesus, he knows you. He is the creator. 
Psalm 139 says, he is familiar with all our ways. He, he knows how we were knit together in our mother's womb. He can speak into our situation. His power can transform us because he knows us intimately. He created each one of us. He is the word, the creator. In him is life. He is the light of all mankind. He is the light of the world. What a powerful image, the light of the world. What a wonderful name for Jesus, our Savior. We are told that this light for everyone, for all mankind, it's not like a spotlight that just focuses on a few special people. No, it's more like a warm, welcoming light that draws us home. He has come for everyone. I don't know if you've ever kind of gone into a house or a building and you don't know it and you're searching for the light switch and it's dark and there's that moment of kind of anxiety before you find the light switch And you switch it on. And then everybody kind of relaxes and all is well. Jesus brings that kind of light, hope and peace into our world. Truth that is available for all. Good news. But in this passage, there is also bad news. Because it's very clear that there is darkness in our world. We all know that, really. And darkness is a symbol in John's gospel, and it speaks to us of what is wrong with the world, what is fearful, what is against God, what is hidden. You know, sometimes when we, we, we see the darkness and we see it on our news, don't we, and on our screens when we look at websites and we, we want to close that down, sometimes we want to switch it off and walk away from the darkness. We don't like to have that spelled out to us, but there is darkness out there. We get disappointed, don't we, when someone we've admired, we find out they've done something terrible. Or a politician we voted for makes a decision that we don't agree with. And we just see that darkness in our world. And we fear sometimes that it's winning, it's overcoming. But there's darkness in our own hearts too, isn't there? There's darkness that follows us sometimes. I mean, who hasn't, you know, walked a bit quicker in a dark street at night and looked over their shoulder? Who hasn't put the light on for a child who's scared of the dark. And I'm sure like me, there are nights when you've laid awake in the darkness in your bed, going over maybe conversations that you regret or worrying about something that's coming up the next day, situations that you feel are outside your control. John says that the darkness either out there or in our own hearts, can never overcome the light that is in Jesus. His light can't be turned off. It can't be snuffed out. It can't be covered over. It's an overcoming light. It's a light that's going to cut through the darkness. 
And light does that. I mean, I don't know if you remember the summer, you know, way back a few months ago. And when you have those early morning bright sunshine and, you know, there can be just a little gap in your curtains and the light can come through and wake you up before the alarm goes off because light cuts through darkness. Light overcomes darkness. Isaiah was a writer in the Bible centuries before Jesus and he wrote about the light that was to come, the saviour that was to come. And he talked about the people walking in a deep darkness. I think we can identify with that, don't we? In our generation, sometimes we feel that our world is walking in darkness, losing its way, full of fear. But this is what Isaiah promises will happen when the Messiah, when Jesus comes. He says this, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there'll be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Wow, that's quite a statement. That's quite a list of names. I mean, I've been to a few baby naming ceremonies where babies have several names and each name has a particular meaning and, and the family gather and celebrate those names. But wow, these names, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, Prince of Peace. That's Jesus. That's the light of the world. That's who he is for us. John says the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. The the Prince of Peace, the wonderful counselor, he's coming into the world He is the true light. He's authentic and genuine. He's not some reflection of another light. He's not fake. He's not just glitter and celebrity like we see so often in our culture. He's not like the winner of Strictly or X Factor that shines brightly for a season then is forgotten. No, he is the genuine article. He is the eternal light. He is true and pure, and he's for everyone. Whatever the darkness, whatever the shadow that comes across your life, he can bring light to you. He is the fulfillment of all the hopes and the promises of the Old Testament. He is the light of the world. That sounds great, doesn't it? I mean, that sounds like everybody's just going to run towards him and embrace that light. But that's not what happens. John says he was in the world, 
And though the world was made through him, the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own and they didn't receive him. So despite all this kind of cosmic buildup of the world, word, the creator, the light, people didn't see it in him. Even his own friends and his neighbors didn't see the light in Jesus at first. I think that's strange in a way. That surprises us, doesn't it? It surprises me, you know, when you see the Superman movies, I'm always amazed. Why don't people realize that Clark Kent is Superman? I mean, really, can a pair of glasses and a change of clothes really make that much difference? You know, I had an embarrassing thing that happened to me one Christmas. I don't know if this kind of thing happens to you. But I was at a family gathering. Everybody from the family was there. And my excuse for this story is we had been away in the States and we hadn't been back and forth so much. But as I walked into the party, you know, said hello to a few people, and I saw a young guy and I didn't recognize him. So trying to be friendly, went up to him and said, oh, hello, my name's Hillary, Uh, you know, nice to meet you, what's your name, Uh, what brings you here? And he kind of looked at me. Uh, in disbelief and said, I am your nephew, David. I know who you are. You should know who I am. Oh gosh, I felt so stupid and had to say one of those typical kind of auntie phrases like, oh, well, you've grown a lot since I saw you last time. Things like that happen, don't they? Sometimes we miss what is right in front of us. Sometimes we don't see things as they really are. Sometimes we don't see Jesus for who he is, the light of the world. And people in his day didn't recognize Jesus. They just saw him as an ordinary man, a carpenter living out there in the country. And even when he began to speak and he began to heal people and proclaim the kingdom of God, people were still confused and not sure what to make of him. Yeah, the light began to shine. People were healed. Their lives were transformed. Grace broke in. Truth challenged those with power. But it was still confusing. One person who was a powerful leader, a religious leader of the time, he got curious about Jesus and about the light that he was talking about, but he didn't want to be seen in public with Jesus. He was curious, but not that curious. He, he wanted to find out more, but he didn't want to embarrass himself. Maybe you can identify with that. You're curious about Jesus. You have questions, but you don't yet want to identify yourself as a follower of him. That's okay. Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. Jesus was happy to meet with him under cover of darkness and, you know, to answer his questions. And Jesus challenged him to be willing to humble himself and start afresh like a baby, be born again. And Jesus knew this was a struggle for Nicodemus. Nicodemus had lots of questions. And so he really, in John 3, explains very clearly to Nicodemus the choices 
that had to be made if you really believed who Jesus was. Jesus spoke about himself and explained his mission to Nicodemus. Let me read you what Jesus says. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him isn't condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. So he's saying here, God's light isn't like an interrogator's light. It's not condemning people, but it's a warm invitation to step in, to believe. And if you don't step in, then there are consequences to that. He goes on, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the light, by the truth, comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. It's a really interesting conversation and Nicodemus doesn't respond immediately to what Jesus says. The conversation ends and we don't know what Nicodemus comes to believe. We know that Jesus has explained to him clearly who he is and the choice that has to be made between light and darkness. And so Jesus goes on about his ministry. He goes on preaching and teaching And people around him begin to want to snuff out that light. And eventually he is arrested and killed, crucified. And everyone associated with him ran for cover. They didn't want to risk being named as one of Jesus' followers. So they all disappear. But after Jesus has died, Nicodemus... The man who had come to Jesus under the cover of darkness went openly to take Jesus' broken body from the Roman guards. He wanted to give him a decent burial. We don't know what was going on in his heart and mind, but it seems to me that he had responded to the light. He had chosen to believe the truth about Jesus. Why else would he risk his own reputation to be associated with a man killed as a criminal? His name, Nicodemus's name, goes into the story of Jesus' death and resurrection. Like many who have written their names on the boards here, he steps forward and associates his name with the name of Jesus. He becomes a follower. That's a decision. That's a leap of faith. It's a move towards God. We don't know if he had all his questions answered, but he made that step. And each one of us has to respond to who Jesus is, to the word, to the creator, to the light 
of the world? Are we going to believe who he says he is? Are we going to believe these wonderful, amazing names of Jesus that actually that is the truth? He is the light of the world. You know, if we do believe, if we receive him, John says, we can become children of God. We can be welcomed into his family. And if you've never made that step, you can do that today. You can step towards him as Nicodemus did. And there's a promise for all of us who believe in the name of Jesus. John 8 says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And so today, maybe you are a believer and you need to be reminded of that promise. Maybe there's a shadow over your life of worry or fear or sadness. And today you need to step towards Jesus as the light of the world and let his life fill you up again. Let that light chase away any darkness that might be following you. Because he is here today. He is the light of the world. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. So let's step towards towards him. Let's worship the light of the world today. No